0: Welcome back to training camp, everybody. Matt Ove, along with Sal Capaccio. So the Bills now more than a week into camp. We've already seen our handful of padded practices. That means our handful of fights. Things have started to ramp up here at camp, and the storylines are getting more interesting, Sal.
1: Yeah, I mean, every day Isaiah McKenzie is out here making plays, and coming into this camp, wasn't slot receiver and the battle for slot receiver a big storyline? All right, Matt, here I am. There is no depth chart. So Sal Capaccio unofficially is declaring Isaiah McKenzie the number 3 wide receiver on this team.
0: Yes. Isaiah McKenzie is going to get a lot of play on this roster. Now, I don't necessarily think that means it's all going to be from the slot. I think they're going to use him all over the place. But maybe the most impressive riser up to this point of camp has been McKenzie on offense. And defensively, I would say, Ed Oliver, that dude is just playing like his hair is on fire. They have both been so impressive, and it's not just like flashes. It's not like a day here and there. It's every day these guys are coming out and making a lot of plays. We knew Ed Oliver was going to play a big role in this defense. Isaiah McKenzie, we knew he was going to play a role. We didn't know how big it would be. I think it's going to be bigger than we expected even two weeks ago.
1: Sean McDermott even gave us, how about this from McDermott, a great money quote. Like, he doesn't usually kind of give it like this, but he wasn't intending to, you know, um, kind of put any goods out there, but he said the biggest challenge for Isaiah McKenzie when he was asked was potentially stepping into a a full time role is how he put it and teams game planning. And I think that really tells a lot.
0: I think it does too, because I think it makes us believe that he's envisioning a full time role for Isaiah McKenzie and that they do have a lot of plans and usage for him. We also haven't seen Isaiah McKenzie, you know, returning kicks or returning punts or anything. And to me that says he's going to play a big role in the offense because if his primary focus out on the practice field is on offense, I think that speaks volumes.
1: So one of the guys he's competing with is Jamison Crowder. He has missed a lot of time. He did finally return to the practice field here on Monday, the day that Matt and I are talking to you on this podcast. We'll see where that goes. And Khalil Shakir, who we're going to talk to in a little while, is another guy that factors in. I really like his game so far. The other concern, though or if I can call it that is the banged up offensive line if you will and a lot of the shuffling that's going on.
0: I'm basically playing right tackle at this point. Yeah. Like if they have a couple You did
1: a pretty good job today by the way.
0: Yeah, thank you very much. You know, I just try and make sure that I keep everything in front of me, keep the hands inside. It's been a big rotation. So it almost feels like it's a little unfair to criticize the offense on the days when the tempo and the, you know, things aren't just working because it is such like a mis- mismatch of people. It's it's weird. Now, I'm not overly concerned. I know some people are like, how concerned should we be? If we're still having this conversation in like three weeks Mm -hmm. after a preseason game or so, then I'm like, okay, maybe we need to have this conversation. But for right now, it's just an interesting kind of dynamic. And I almost wonder, and this sounds a little weird. I know there's value in like the backup guys getting reps. I almost wonder if there's value in the bona fide starters getting reps with protection that isn't as good because they have to think that much faster. And then when the offensive line comes back and you have your real starting five, if everything will slow down a little bit in those little split seconds extra will be there, and that'll mean they can attack more.
1: I know Bills fans don't want to hear this name, but even a guy like Bobby Hart has been seeing time with the first unit because they are rotating a lot of guys in. The other name I'll mention – I believe David Questenberry is this team's new Ryan Bates. He's going to play every position and probably save them a roster spot because he can do that.
0: Yeah, and I think they need somebody like that because they do have their guys, but we all are kind of slotting Ryan Bates in as a starting guard this year offensive linemen get hurt every single year. It's like one of those positions where somebody is going to get hurt. If you can have somebody who you know you can trust and can slide in at a lot of different positions, that's going to go a long way. You know, later in this podcast, we're going to have a conversation with Ben Valin from the— um, you know from Boston WEEI contributor and he was talking about like what it takes to get to a Super Bowl and a lot of the things is like avoid an injury and one of the ways of doing that is having quality depth and an offensive line and defensive line I think it might be as important as anything because you just need to be able to tread water like if there's an injury that happens to Josh Allen or Stefan Diggs the expectations for this entire season change if there's an injury that happens to an offensive lineman you're hoping that you can tread water until that person is able to come back so I think that that depth. At the line really does play a factor. Speaking
1: of until someone comes back, a big storyline out here, Tredavious White. He has not returned to the practice field yet. You've been taking video of him. What have you seen from him to tell the fans kind of how he looks basically? And do we really have any sort of gauge on when, this, when he may return to the field?
0: He looks yoked is what he looks like. My goodness, has that guy put on some muscle up in his upper body. He looks like he's close. Like with the work that he's doing off to the side, the weight that he's putting on of you know on his ACL, like he looks like he's close. I think they're still going to be overcau- overly cautious with this, as they should be. But the more days go by, the more we seem to see him be doing, and I think that's a sign that football might happen relatively soon.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. On how close he looks, but there's never been a timeline for. I think good reason from the Bills. They don't want to no. do that because they don't want to put expectations on it. But the longer this goes, the more you wonder, will Kyer Elam and Dane Jackson be the two starting corners? So let's talk about those two guys for a second. Um the storyline I would say the first two days of practice was maybe Elam against Diggs. A couple of heated battles. We just heard from him on Monday. He's a competitor. He is, this guy's all serious. He's all football. He's all business. But I will also tell you, I think he's been inconsistent. He's been a little grabby, and it's been a learning curve out here.
0: Yeah, that's the biggest thing to me is he's been handsy. Like, on one of the first days, they put boxing gloves on him, basically, and it was like, okay, let's stop using the hands. You can't just rely on that. Now, I think that's something that's taught, though. Like, I think that these coaches will be able to fix that or make that less of a problem, if it even is a problem. We don't know at this point. I've been impressed with the physicality. I've been impressed with the speed. That's kind of as advertised. There have been times when he's gotten beat, and I have to try and figure out is he getting beat because he's still a little, you know, fresh, he's still a little inexperienced, or is he getting beat because it's Gabriel Davis and Stephon Dick? That's right. Those are the guys that he's lining up against. And I know the whole like iron sharpens iron cliche is so overdone and people roll their eyes when they hear it, but I do think there's value in the fact that those are the guys he's getting reps against. Because it's not always going to be going up against guys like that, that talented. So I think that we kind of know what Dane Jackson is. And he's a young player, so that's not to say that he couldn't improve and you know carve himself out a nice little career. Because I think that he's got the potential to do that. But I think when everybody is healthy, the starting corners on this team are Tredavious White and Kyrie Elam. And even with the inconsistencies, I've never really steered away from that a week and a half into camp.
1: All right, before we wrap up this segment, we got to touch on the punter battle yep. slash holder battle. There is one going on out here. It is real. Matt Ariza and Matt Hawk each getting a day, as Matthew Smiley put it, the special teams coordinator, to be a holder for Tyler Bass. Again, on Monday we saw Ariza look to me from the naked eye like everything went well. I'm starting to get the feeling that unless Matt Ariza just kind of throws up all over himself, he's in line to win this job. I mean, they spent a an asset on him. And so far, I think that's been the case, but you tell me if you think that's wrong.
0: I think Matt Hawk has to win this competition, and I think Matt Ariza needs to not lose it. It's a great way to put sense. it. If it was a tie, Matt Eriza is going to get the job. If it's close, Matt Ariza's is going to win the job. If he wins the job, then he won the job and he's the starting punter for the Bills. I think that when you, like you said, when you spend something on a punter, And you know you have a cost-controlled player for the next several years on a team that is going to be up against the salary cap for the next several years. You like the idea of having a young punter who you – and it's what they did with Bass. Like, we've seen this team do this before. They have a veteran. They have a young guy. The young guy comes in. There's growing pains, but they still give him the job. And there's growing pains once the season starts, but then eventually he becomes one of the better players at his position. I don't know what Arise's ceiling is. I don't know what they're expecting. But if he does win this job, there will be growing pains. There will be mistakes. The Bills are in a position where they can probably overcome those. They can live with that. And then you're hoping that for the next several years, he's an above-average player at his position. So I think it's Arise's job to lose, and I don't see him doing that.
1: One of the cool things about being out here at training camp is Matt and I get to talk to players and we get to talk to fellow media who stop by, whether that's other markets, whether that's national, and we did that. We have Khalil Shakir and we have Ben Volin. We're going to get to those in a moment. We want to remind you to please subscribe to our podcast right here. It's always game day in Buffalo. Matt and I are going to be doing this all season long, a couple of times during the regular season each week. We'll have reviews, we'll have previews, we'll have special guests, out-of-market guests, players, coaches, whatever it is. We got you covered with the bills. We have it available, of course, on your Odyssey app and all those platforms. That's Alexa, Google Play, all those devices. And, of course, iTunes, Apple iTunes, Spotify, wherever you podcast. Khalil Shakir and Ben Volin on the way.